0: Father, this morning we just come to you, Lord, and we surrender ourselves, body first, and our minds. We pray, Lord, you touch the body of, of Christ on earth. Wherever your people are, even as they are listening now, I speak your word of healing. Your word says, I send forth my word and heal them of their diseases, of their infirmities. Your word says the body for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Touch, Lord. A lot of people need a touch on their physical bodies. Whatever that ailment is, and there is this crippling fear because of COVID. And I pray you deal with both that spirit of fear, we command it to leave, and the spirit of infirmity, we speak healing. And We surrender our minds, Lord, now. Let nothing, nothing distract us, Lord. For the entrance of your word brings light. Let there be no nothing stopping your word from entering into the, our mind. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Open the eyes of our mind, our heart, our spirit to see, to know, to understand, to believe, to walk. Speak to us this morning once again. Teach us, Lord. You are the only teacher, Holy Spirit. For you said when the Spirit comes, He will teach you all things. So many things that are still hidden from us. Because we are not mature enough to know the will of the Father in so many areas. Help us to grow. Help us to know. Help us to walk. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Over the weeks, months, we've been trying to see how to best use the season of lockdown to become kingdom-centric people. Our biggest enemy is the enemy called self inside, not so much as Satan. Satan was there, all the powers of darkness was there, the world was in flu- full bloom when Jesus walked but he was dead to himself, so neither the devil nor the world could do or influence him in any way. So our major enemy is the self that came into being when man fell. So the one of the primary purposes of the preaching of the gospel is the salvation of man. And what are you getting saved from, from yourself? Peter, if you sit between Richard and Dr. Vijay, I can uh, Dr. Vijay and Dr. Richard, yeah, I can see you. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, good. As 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 such we have only two or three people. So if I can see those three faces, though your face is split by that camera light rod, it's still okay. A split face is better than no face. Okay. When we have no audience every person comes. <laughs> okay. Though we have a virtual audience you cannot see them. Okay, so this kingdom, we have to become kingdom people. There's no other way if you have to grow. Our hearts and minds have to be kingdom centric. You cannot be a person of self and you be a kingdom because the self will always contradict the voice of the king. And in the kingdom, only one thing matters, the will of the king. The self, the self, whatever the self needs are there. Like you talk about, it's like, I, it's a, it becomes so uh, common now, familiar now. Our soldiers at our border, Pakistan, Chinese border, they have a self, but it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. They're irrelevant. They self, they have families, they have parents, they have wives, they have children, yet they have orders. And that supersedes everything else. Everything else. Okay. In the same way, we are kingdom people and we have orders. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And God knows. He says, don't worry about the rest. I'll take care of it all. Unlike the government of India who will send you a telegram and says, report for duty. And even if your marriage is scheduled for tomorrow, it's postponed. Even if your father passed away, the funeral is forgotten. You just report for duty. And that's something which Jesus was trying to, I want to follow you. He says, let me bury my father. He says, do you understand what you're saying? When you say, I want to follow you, you're not following some corporate executive or a manager in a private company. This is a king and a kingdom. His will takes over everything else. Okay? There may be times when he will demand you to leave everything. There will be times when the king gives you time with everybody. But everything is constrained by one thing and thing alone, the will of God. So we have to become kingdom-centric people. And that is entirely connected to how we hear from God. God will not speak consistently, clearly to a will that is not surrendered. That's why 1st Romans 1 talks about, twelve one says about surrender. 2nd talks about, renewal of your mind, that you can understand what is a good, pleasing. Everybody wants to know the perfect will. God says, no, you're not ready to know my perfect will. Yet, if you are ready, you do not have to delay either. Like, uh, Paul understood the will of God in three days. Because his surrender was complete in three days. What takes people most of their lifetime to come to that point? That man reached in three days. And then he grew. Not that he understood everything, but God could actually tell him, you want to go through a lot of trouble, man? And he had no issues with that. He was a career-oriented man before that. I had gone that seminary track, gave it all up. I know about shame he preached against christ a week later he preached christ ate humble pie he had no issues with any of those things what happened those three days of blindness no what happened that we do not know but he he was ready so please understand everything is connected with the king and the kingdom and we need to go back to kingdom-centric people you know in luke chapter 4 and verse 18 and 19 when jesus makes this declaration The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind. That's enough. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. You need to realize the entire gospel is a gospel of declaration of liberty to captives. Entire gospel. The good news is to set captives free. So the gospel is preached to all nations, oppressed nations and free nations, because all are captives. If you are not a captive in your body, you are a captive in your mind. Okay? Free nations, the Western world, they think they are free. They are free. Actually, they have a lot of liberty to do whatever they want to do with their body. They consider that as liberty, but they don't realize they are captive in their minds in some Places like North Korea, you don't have any liberty to do anything with your body. But they may be more free than us in their minds, those who have received their gospel. Okay? So this captivity is both physical and in our mind. Because, And also we need to realize those who have come into the kingdom of God, progressing in the kingdom of God, we are still captives. A lot of blind spots. Okay? Even in our bodies. In our bodies in our bodies, our minds and our bodies. Even if you were to be renewed 100% in the mind, like Jesus was, and we think and feel exactly like God, we understand the will of God perfectly, still this body is a constraint. It's not a help. That's why the saints in the Old Covenant, New Covenant, always groan to escape from this body. You want to do so many things. You love God. You understand God. You understand His desires. You understand. But when you wake up in the morning, your body creaks. Your body creaks. Literally, you know, it creaks. So, eternity... Is the dimension also eternity, the kingdom of God in its eternal perspective is when you are, and that is just a doorway, when you are assured into that with a new body where there are no constraints. The mind has been renewed, absolutely. I'm mean, talking about who finished like Paul, where the mind is the mind of Christ. And all you are waiting is for that body to go and you receive this body. But the body will not be same. As stars differ in glory, so do the bodies. So my concept is this. Those who finish their race in heaven, on earth, in finishing the will of God, understanding the perfect will of God and finishing the race, the body they get will be different from those who did not finish. Though it will be all incorruptible body, the bodies won't be same. Because the charge you are going to get there is more than the other. Therefore, you will get bodies according to that. Bodies according to that. Hmm? Like if you look at Peter, you look at Peter's legs, you know he plays football. Okay, You know he's not a, a athlete who does trains for 100 meter dash. Because his muscles are different. One is short burst of speed. The other is stamina. to run longer, 45 minutes, 40 minutes. Okay? So what I'm saying is, we understand these things using physical examples. So, Remember, we are running a race. We are running a race. Now, even if you are renewed in our mind, we realize the constraint in our body. Constraint in our body. But that constraint won't be there. Okay? So eternity is going to be a completely different ball game. So we have to see everything in terms of the kingdom. If you don't see things, the devil will always try to bring you back to the physical, material world. So Jesus tells you, you are in this world, but you are not of it. You are not of it. You are in this world. But if you think like the world, gone. Of all the, what you call, uh, eschatological books in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, where you have, Eschatology means future events, okay? Daniel, the book of Daniel is the foremost in the Old Testament. How a Hebrew POW, that's a prisoner of war, who becomes a slave, becomes a vessel of God in Babylon, through which revelation is given to subsequent generations. Till today. Till today. Certain parts of the book of Revelation, you will understand only if you know what was given to Daniel. These go hand in hand. How did a young Hebrew boy who was a prisoner of war, a slave, get this revelation? You understand from Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. In a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some for honor, some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he'll be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Okay. If you know the history of the book of Daniel and Daniel's history, it becomes from a simple decision to keep the vessel holy. See, and the result is that he becomes a vessel of honor. He makes a decision for sanctification. And God choose, makes a decision to make him a vessel of honor. Through whom revelation will come. Okay, like I was telling, I think in the Hindi meeting, this is entirely the difference between religion, all religion, and the kingdom of God. In religion, you pursue good things. For the sake of self. In religion, why do you pursue righteousness? For your sake. Why do you pursue holiness? For holiness sake. Why do you pursue a lot of things which are good? But the motive is self. If you ask a righteous Hindu, why are you perceiving righteousness? He will say, so that when I die, it works in my favor. A Muslim, a Buddhist, a Christian, not born again Christian, lot of righteous people among not born again Christians, Jews. You will see the reason is self. In the kingdom of God, we do not pursue anything for the sake of self. We pursue righteousness because the scepter of the kingdom is righteousness. We pursue holiness because our father is holy. We ask for more and more love because our father is love. We want to be merciful because our God is merciful. We want to be kind because He is kind. So we are not perceiving something for the sake of self. We are perceiving something for the sake of other. And the other is God. The King, the Kingdom defines our pursuit. Not in religion. Not in religion. That's why every religious man will always fall short. Short. Okay. So you should ask a prisoner of war who's a slave in chains, when you've got an incredible career opportunity, why are you seeking sanctification? You ask him, if Daniel, where to be allowed? He says, because the God of Israel is holy. <laughs> I am not trying to be holy for Babylon's sake, so maybe I will get a promotion. No. So that I will have a better deal. Actually, if you go the other way, you have a better deal here. No. The God of Israel. God of Israel is holy, so He's got an incredible what you what you see is a kingdom perspective. Okay, why do we pursue peace? Because our God is a God of peace. peace. Otherwise, if it is it is uh, a piece of self we are we are pursuing, there's an end to it. Well, I have peace. I'm fine. I'm okay with the peace I have. But if you're perceiving the God of peace. It is not, it's an unending road in this life. You realize when you have, you're absolutely at peace. You wake up in the morning, the Holy Spirit shows an area which you did not, He didn't show you earlier, you see. Now I'm revealing it to you. And now deal with that because I'm not at peace with you in that area. And we did not know because we were ignorant about it. Ignorant about it. Okay. So Daniel um, it's a young man who chose sanctification because he has a very clear kingdom perspective. Okay. Yesterday, Pastor Vijay in his, I love his Telugu messages. Okay. Not that I don't I understand English better, but I love regional languages. Okay. So he preached in Telugu. In between, he is, he's a movie, he was a movie buff. No, so he had to bring some RJV or RKV. I don't know who that man is. I have no, okay. He used a dialogue in Hindi, which I understood. Okay, I cannot, or I cannot remember, but meaning that before you think about the temporary pleasure, think about the uh, long-term consequences. Okay? Okay, for us is more than that, it's the kingdom of God. Before you make any temporary choices, always ask, how will it affect me eternally? Eternally. How will, every choice we make is not restricted even in time. It's not even rested. It carries its weight across into eternity. All time. Beyond time. Okay? Beyond time. That's why we are kingdom people. Kingdom people. Okay? And that's why we repent because we don't want this going on to the other side. The blood cleanses it off. There are a lot of... If we we don't appropriate the blood, there will be a a lot of dirty pages in our life of book. Book's life. It's better to have blank pages than have dirty pages. Criminal records in God's sight. Man's sight, it may not matter. God's sight. Okay, so we need blank pages. Better have a blank page. Blank page than wrong pages. Because of that, God is able to give this young man called David, uh, sorry, Daniel, incredible revelation because he chose to cleanse himself, be a sanctified vessel. So we are not seeking sanctification for sanctification's sake alone. The motive of self in that is I want to be a vessel of honor in the Master's hand. Use me, O Lord. I'm pursuing sanctification for your sake, that you can use me even more. Now how you chose to use me is fine, and I'll leave it to you. But use me. Don't keep me on the shelf. Please. Okay? Don't keep me on the shelf. I want to be a, what do you, what do, what we say, I want to be a holy vessel. Not like the world. The world wants smart vessels. So you have smart people, smartly dressed people, smartphones, everything is smart. God doesn't want smart people in His kingdom. He wants holy people in His vessel. God never says, I'm smart. He says, I'm holy. I'm holy, okay? So keep these things in mind. So we know in chapter 2 of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar, who is the emperor, the mighty man of the world, he has this strange dream. And he calls all his wise men, who are astrologers, soothsayers, magicians, and wise men, all categories are there. And he tells them all, you must give me the interpretation. So I said, yes, Lord, mighty king, of course we will give you, tell us the dream. He says, I'm not telling you my dream. I know you guys. (laughs) You will give me, first tell me what my dream was. Then give me the interpretation. Otherwise, I'm cutting everybody's head off. So you need to understand. God is showing a lot of things about the power of an earthly king. Everybody is in a fix. Everybody is an a And the order goes. And one of the translations says they started killing. Because nobody is able to. They said, Lord, how can anybody answer this? We will know. Look at Daniel chapter 2, verses 7 to 10. Because unless we are aware, those people of all those days, and actually people in the pagan nations are very, very aware of the spiritual world. Very aware. They know there's a spiritual world. They answered and again said, let the king tell his servants a dream. We will give its interpretation. The king answered and said, I know for certain you would gain time because you see my decisions is firm. If you do not make the known, the dream to me, there is only one decree for you. For you have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the time has changed. Therefore tell me the dream. And I shall know that he can give me its interpretation. Meaning he also understands. These kings were not fools. These kings were all very wise men. Wise men were learned men. The king's academies are like the best in the world. Okay, So the okay, princes were automatically sent and they were trained in that culture and that wisdom and learning. He says, I know you. If I tell you the dream, you will keep on coming with interpretations until have lost interest in the dream. You will buy time. Like, like, like I tell Sami, Sami, everything has a particular impact in a particular time. So upload before that time passes. There is a time for everything. Though the word of God is eternal, certain word like, let us say, are you a racist? That message. Preach it 10 years ago, it wouldn't have an effect. Preach it probably 10 years from now. It won't have the same effect. It is something constrained within time. Though it has its effect on through time. But it is specific for a particular time. Okay, So he says, I know you. After some, I will also start losing interest in the dream. I will also start forgetting and I will receive any interpretation. I am not going to play with your games. The Chaldeans answered the king and said, there is not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. Therefore, no king, lord, or ruler has ever asked such a thing of any magician, astrologer, or charlatan. So you need to realize there is a sovereignty. It 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 also means they're checking it out, and they realize they have no clue what the dream is. So there is a sovereignty about dreams. When God gives a dream, no occult will work there. Devil also gives dream. The devil had given him the dream, they would have found the answer. Some or other jadu they would have done and come out with it. But the problem was this dream was not from the devil. This dream was from God. So even the devil has no clue what he dreamt. Why we are trying to say there is two kingdoms above us, but never equate the devil with God. God can give a dream to a man and the devil may have absolutely no clue what the dream is. No dreams. Okay. And when God directly intervenes, we use this term, he will hamstring all the servants of the devil. You know what hamstring is? Hamstring is where you do with the horses so they don't ride again. Never use for war again. That's what happened on Mount Carmel. God used Elijah and he got hamstrung all the prophets of Baal. They could jump and dance and cut and do nothing, no reaction at all. Absolutely. The devil can do a lot of things. But in that case, so we need to understand, we are dealing with powers of darkness. Up to the first four plagues of, on Egypt, they came up. They came up. But when it came to the frogs to take them out, they could not. That is when their ideas started changing and they said, this is the finger of God. This is the finger of God. Okay. And the issue, the Pharisees actually started panicking is when Jesus, not when he started healing, it's when he casted out demons. Healing was always there in the Old Covenant. So that's okay, there's one more prophet with healing. But when he started casting out demons, they said he's of the devil. Immediately, above, And he says, can the devil cast out a devil? okay, so understand so we know the story we know the story, Daniel sends a word he says we will give you an answer, let's pray and king agrees, so let's look first at Daniel's thanksgiving when he fast prays with his three friends, he gets the answer 19 to 23 this is so that we understand in what kind of realm we are working in. People understand, and you cannot be so illiterate that you don't think these things don't exist. The secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So God gave a revelation through a vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom wisdom and might are his He changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise, knowledge to those of understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in darkness and light dwells with him. So he makes makes a statement over there. He says, so it's one of the things Daniel realizes. Daniel is living in a very powerful empire and he's an alien there in the king's service. But he understands the kingdom of God rules over the kingdoms of men. It doesn't matter what dispensation you are living in. God can change rulers just like that tomorrow. Everybody, even everything is moving according to God's plan in history. We write history, we study history, we learn history, but we don't realize history is controlled by God. History is controlled by God. Everything is controlled by God. And He's got His history lying in that it's about, like we say, like history is his story. Okay. But you will realize it's his story. Okay. And uh, the absolute sovereignty of God in history. And that gives us so whatever we are going through, whether it's a pandemic or oppressive regimes and freedom of worship and liberty being taken away, don't worry. That's why we are able to walk by faith. That's why we are able to still pray, still gather with two people or three people and still continue because why? We know his kingdom rules over all nations, over all nations. I thank you and praise you, God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might and have made known to me what we ask for you, for you have made known to us the king's demand. Okay, the king's demand. So we have to understand two things, the absolute power of God and the absolute sovereignty of God. Both. Please understand the distinction and believe in both. That is what faith means. Okay? What does faith mean? Faith, actually genuine faith means you believe in the absolute power of God and the absolute Sovereignty of God. Absolute power means God can do anything. Absolute sovereignty means He will do what He likes. Mm-hmm. Balance is both. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have fallen headlong into the ditch because they connected faith only with the absolute power of God and not the sovereignty of God. Mm-hmm. A lot of others have fallen onto the other Ditch, where they only consider faith with the absolute sovereignty of God and not the power of God. Those who have fallen on that power thing will say, I can do whatever I want to do. I will appropriate God's power. I will name it, I will claim it, I will confess it and I will have it. They forget the sovereignty of God. Those who believe only in the sovereignty of God and the power of God actually sing the song, whatever will be, will be. And they never learn to appropriate God's power into their lives. Okay, okay. Daniel is somebody who understands both. Okay, And gives God the credit. He says, okay, everybody's head is being chopped up. We don't have to die. We'll go to God. There's a God who reveals. And a little later you will see Daniel's three friends who will take a stand. They'll say, if God wants to save us from the fire, he can. But if he doesn't, he doesn't have to. But we understand the power and the sovereignty of God. We will not, we will say, we will not bow because we are absolutely sure he will take us out of the fire. No, they said no. That's got to do with his will. So please, please be very, very careful about balancing this both, the sovereignty of God and the power of God. So as we go through this turmoil of 2020, 2020 began with the bang. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, so everybody was like, you know, our government said, and everybody was out on their streets on loads with their bells and pants and pots and all. Because it became a pandemic with pants. Okay, so God is in control, absolute control, absolute control. But there's a lot of panic when will this pass away? Why are the vaccines are coming? Will it be mandatory? What will we do? Don't worry. We have a living God, and he's in control. Times and seasons, kings and kingdoms, all will pass over. He is there through it all in history. So Daniel is taken to the king, and let's see what happens. 26 onwards, 26 to 30, 28, he's taken to the king. So we understand kingdom perspective. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Balthasar, Are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, the secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians and the soothsayers cannot declare to the king. These are all who are connected to realm two. He says, I understand they cannot. And then he said, but there is a God in heaven. He makes a clear distinction between two. Okay, he gives glory. He makes it very, very clear. What I am revealing to you is not through soothsaying. Or astrology or a divination or any of those things. What I'm saying is revealed to be by God of heaven who reveals secrets. Okay. He says, you know what? There is my God and there is something called revelation and revelation comes from God. All the secrets are with him and he will reveal to him whom he chooses. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were these. He tells him. Okay. These. So let us see, verse 31 to 35, he gives the dream. That's important because that's the first part of the command. You, O king, was watching and behold a great image, this great image whose splendor was excellent stood before you and its form was awesome. Yeah, 31 to 35. This image head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver and the gold were crushed together. It became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth." Okay, so please remember, he's giving a dream, and he's, okay, so there is the power of the enemy, and there is the power of God. You cannot, you cannot overcome, unless you have the power of God, because you're fighting powers of darkness. When Moses went in, powers of darkness. Israel in the wilderness had to contend with Balaam. And then when the kingdom starts falling away, there are always false prophets and astrologers and diviners and everything. So you are always connected. So please remember, it is there is always a power encounter. There is always a power encounter. And when this power encounter comes to a point, there will be a point where the power of the devil ceases. He, he can't go any further. God, um, Like somebody said, God gives the devil a long rope. But the end of the rope is always in God's hand. There's a point where he will pull him, and that's it. After that, his servants can't do anything. So he gives him the interpretation from 36 onwards. Okay, The kingdom of God versus the kingdom of men. Let's go from thirty. This is a dream. Now we will tell the interpretation of it before the king. He's talking about Daniel and his friends. You, O king, are the king of kings, for the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. He makes it very clear. You're king of kings, but there is somebody above you. He gives you the power, authority to rule. Your strength, your glory, all is given by him. And wherever the children of men dwell, or the beasts of the field, the birds of the heaven, he has given them into your hand, has made you ruler over them all. You are this head of gold, the first empire. Shown there, remember when he talks about the whole world. Remember, it's only talking about the world that is connected with Israel. This is Israel-centric visions. So where is India? Where is China? India and China had nothing to do with Israel. We never came in touch with them except in the book of uh, Esther. Okay. And that we are not connected so it's not that these people so whenever it uses this term the whole world it is only talking about israel centric world because it is through israel jesus will come and after jesus comes and dies and rises history moves to the ends of the world with the gospel then the whole world is included okay All world is. but after you shall arise another kingdom inferior to yours then another a third kingdom of bronze we shall rule over all. We missed words 38. 38. We didn't I didn't speak silver there. You are the head of gold. Okay. Okay of gold. Okay. After you shall arise another kingdom inferior to yours, then another a third kingdom of bronze We shall rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron. In as much as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything and like iron that crushes that kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. Whereas you saw the feet and toes partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, yet the strength of iron shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong, partly fragile. And as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consumes all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. Even when he's giving it, he doesn't have the full revelation. The further revelation will come only later in Daniel 8 and all he will understand. Silver is Medo-Persia, bronze is Greece and he doesn't know about iron. And will come, the Roman Empire will come. Okay, and then the end. So we will see there is the kingdom of heaven and the kingdoms of men, which is through which Satan controls the narrative. We have to understand the temporal nature of these kingdoms. Temporal nature of these kingdoms. And God is working through it all. Okay, the fourth kingdom will come. That is the Iron Kingdom. That's when actually the kingdom of God makes its appearance in flesh. Okay? And we need to, we look back and we realize, oh, understand. Okay. Now we look back and understand the wisdom of God, how God allows human history and plays his part in human history. The Roman Empire was almost for 400 years. But there was a period of called 200 years of Roman Empire, which is called Pax Romana, which means the peace of Rome. They are the ones who actually brought law and order into the entire Mediterranean world. Absolute peace. And how did they do it? And iron. Law and order, and tax reforms, and roads were built everywhere. Economy prospered, arts and everything. That's the 200 period. And if you look, where did it begin? It began with the second emperor. Julius Caesar was uh, assassinated, and his nephew Augustus became the emperor. And from that time onwards, right in the point of history where Roman Peace is going, roads are built, travel, everything is taking place. And in the third emperor, which is Tiberius, which is the stepson of Augustus. So Augustus the divine and Augustus the second one. is during that time Jesus is born. And the gospel is be able to be spread in an atmosphere of peace. People are traveling. The gospel is going through the entire Roman world. So there's this, always this question, why do we pray for leaders of nations? The so reason is very clear. We, we are praying so that we have peace. Wherever there is peace, the gospel spreads faster. There's no host, People are able to move. To move. There's law, order, and peace. Like if there are, like now, pandemic has shut it up. Now imagine the pandemic happening 25 years ago. What would we do? Nothing. We can't pray. There's no internet. There's no internet it's my no internet okay it would have a completely different dimension if there's no mobile phones you know that old thing you get a connection you have to beg the bsnl fellow <laughs> <laughs> understood how god is involved in time in everything first World lockdown has happened at a time. Internet makes it possible for you to go faster than anything, anywhere. You can reach the ends of the world. So God is playing. He is always in control of history. Always in control of history. So we don't panic. We don't panic. And we always try to see what is your risk. Imagine the lockdown begins on Monday and Saturday we started online services. Let's no? start. And we had no clue the way it would go forth. It would go forth. Okay? would go forth. So God is not limited unless we limit him by our unbelief. So, there are kingdoms. And if you look at the two things, if you notice at this kingdom, gold, bronze, silver, iron, and then iron and clay, a mixture of it, you will see quality is coming down. Strength is increasing. Gold to silver, silver to bronze, bronze to iron, quality is coming down. Man's moral ethical nature will break down. But the regimes will become harder and harder and harder. Okay. So if you look at it today, we have law and order, (laughs) but it's harsh, and there's no unity. No unity. No no two kingdoms can no two nations can walk together. Nobody trusts each other. You can be of the same ethnic group, North Korea and South Korea, both at the borders pointing guns at each other. Mm-hmm. Pakistan and old East Pakistan, they don't like each other. Now it's called Bangladesh. Change their name also. USA and Canada don't trust each other. They'll trade with each other, but ideas and ideologies are exactly the opposite. Okay, and that's the nature of the last days. Strong nations in terms of law and order, might, power and all, but absolutely no unity. But remember this, every one of these nations or nations also represent ideas. Let's go to Daniel chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. This is the head of gold. The king instructed Aspenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel, some of the king's descendants, some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, to whom they might teach what? The language and? The literature. Why literature? Why only not language? Because literature will shape your ideas. We'll, they will come as, from Judah, they will come from Syria, they will come, we will make them all Babylonian in thought. So Babylon is an idea. Every nation is formed of an idea. That is why humanities is the most dangerous department in every university. It shapes your ideas, how you think. So nations are connected with ideas. Connection with ideas. And when you see this rock, and if you look at the rock, can we go back to the rock that will come down? That is uh, verse uh, 36 or 37. You can Verse 35 also is fine. Okay? Yeah. Got it? Yeah. Then the iron, the clay. Okay. Um, uh, go to 34. While a stone was cut out without hands. The stone that came, the final kingdom that came. Final kingdom. thats the kingdom of God. It's not cut by human hands. The kingdom of God also is an idea. But it's not of human origin. It's not of satanic origin. It has the power to demolish all these ideas. Ideas. So we have to see, ultimately, that's how you stand by faith. It doesn't matter how many people oppose you. It does not matter. If what you think is kingdom, ultimately it will prevail. It will prevail. All these ideas will go away. Every idea will go away. Every nation has some kind of an idea or a set of ideas. Some of them are good. Because man ate from the tree, good and evil is there. The problem is evil is mixed. Evil is mixed. Good is taken mixed with evil. But the kingdom of God is purely good. There's no evil there. Because God is not even tempted by evil. And he cannot be tempted by evil. So if any go back to Second Corinthians 10. And verses 3 to 5. For though walk in the flesh, or walk in the world, we do not walk according to the flesh. For the weapons of a warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So we saw that on Sunday part of it, okay? Ideas have to be fought with ideas. Ideas have to be fought with ideas. There is an idea, and there is something that opposes it. that is the kingdom of God. You always have to believe that idea which you are hearing is empowered by the, the kingdom of darkness. And what you believe has to be empowered by the Spirit of God. It will always overcome. It will always overcome. It will always. The issue is, we live in a physical material world and we are constrained by it. Okay, Constrained by it. Today's world, today's world, the, the more educated you are, the bigger fool you become in the spiritual realm, because you think these things are in there. They were educated in the ancient world, they were educated, but they also understood the spiritual world. Okay. Listen to Daniel's word in uh, 2.30. To thirty, But as for me, the secret has not been revealed to me because I have more wisdom than anyone living. Lord, what I am telling you does not come from wisdom. I can acquire wisdom in your university. This has come to me by revelation. Now you know Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17. Let's go there. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Be very clear. There are three things mentioned over here. Three things mentioned over here. You need to realize we need all three. Otherwise, we will fail in this battle. Wisdom, knowledge, understanding fall into one group. You acquire knowledge, you get understanding, and you have the wisdom. But that alone is not enough. Because you are not fighting man. You are fighting powers of darkness. And if you are fighting powers of darkness, you cannot win this battle with just wisdom and knowledge, because the devil also has it. You need revelation. All of them had wisdom and knowledge. Daniel also had. But you are caught in a fix. All the astrologers also have access to revelation on realm 2. But nothing is coming from there. Nobody knows what the dream is. So one man alone is able to tap into it because God who is above it all gives him revelation what the dream is. That's what he is talking about. It's not by wisdom. It was revealed to him. But the problem is revelation. With, the, with, with revelation you have to be very, very clear. No? The Jadugar also has a revelation. The girl who said servants of the Most High God also was revelation. It was a divine revelation. It's a spirit of uh, what you call divination. It's revelation. That's why the third thing may give you the spirit of wisdom, revelation in what? In the knowledge of Him. I don't want a revelation outside of God. I need to be very, very sure of my revelation. My revelation is of God and about God. I don't want a revelation that does not pertain to the kingdom of God. Okay, there can be many revelations which where it does not impact the kingdom of God at all. But why do you want that? I'm a kingdom person, and I want to be in the kingdom. I want to stay in the kingdom, and I want to move with the kingdom. So the Bible puts these three, three things together. You have to be very, very careful. This is the the weakness of the church, 20th, 21st century church. Paul's prayer is this, to every individual within the church, Lord, give them the spirit of wisdom, revelation, in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. One can be very, very wise, and live wisely according to the wisdom of God, and completely miss what God is doing now, which comes only by revelation. have the wisdom of, of the word of knowledge and understanding but you don't believe in revelation so you live a very nice godly sanctified life but you cannot be used by God for that time and that season beyond a point because you don't believe in revelation what if Daniel did not believe in revelation his head also would have been gone off it would have been a very wise head which would have been rolled off but wisdom was not going to save him he needed revelation and he knew this was a God who reveals. He is not the one who said this is a God who gives wisdom and understanding. It's a God who reveals. He reveals. The secrets are with God. There's a limit to which in the kingdom of God I can understand things with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge. And there are things beyond that which has to be revealed. Okay. King's court was back with astrologers and magicians. And kings of Israel had prophets and priests. What is the function of the priest when it came to the the people and the king to give them knowledge? Out of the mouth of the priest shall come knowledge. What is the job of the prophets to bring revelation? So if you look, every successful king in Israel's history had a priest and a prophet. Sometimes they could be both the same, but he was prophet and priest. So he taught the wisdom of God and also brought revelation. We are living in these last days. Wisdom will not be enough. Wisdom will not be enough. Okay, we need revelation and we need to believe that we have a God. We have a God who reveals. A God who reveals. It is revelation, yesterday I was praying right from an old message I had forgotten, okay? It is revelation that gives you that cutting edge in life, cutting edge in life, okay? Daniel had three friends who stood up with him, but if you realize the gift of revelation was only with Daniel. Yes. So these three people also, their lives got saved. They had wisdom and they believed in the absolute sovereignty and power of God and they could make all this. But they didn't have revelation. They didn't have revelation. Revelation gives you that cutting edge. Roman revelation can be in different forms. God can speak the voice. God can speak with visions, dreams, prophecy Different ways. Okay, different ways he can give you revelation. How he does it is his business, but he reveals. Okay. And revelation actually changes your life. The turning point, if you look in the biblical history and church history for anyone, it comes from revelation. The turning point. When Abraham was in the era of the Chaldeans, must have been a good man, seeking righteousness, doing all those things, and then God tell, leave. That is revelation that he heard from God. It's not wisdom, understanding, knowledge. This is revelation. That changed history. Isaac was about to go, God said, don't go. That changed. Jacob was running and this thing and then he has a revelation. His destiny is set. You have a revelation. Joseph was one of the twelve sons and he had two dreams. That was revelation. That was not wisdom. That is not knowledge. That is not understanding. That is revelation. You may have a revelation and then need understanding to understand the revelation. But revelation changes life. It changes life. Your darkest day in your life can become the brightest day if there is revelation. Let's look at a very familiar example. 1 Samuel chapter 30, 3 to 6. This is the darkest day of his life so far. So David and his men came to the city. There it was. The black burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken captive. And David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. David's two wives, Ahinoam. Okay. All had been taken captive. David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Till then, there is no revelation. There is wisdom. There is understanding. All through that, he's calling upon every psalm. He knows everything. He knows about God. He has knowledge about God. He has wisdom about God, understanding about God, crying out for mercy, all that. All that is good. Still doesn't change your life. You're still in your pit. And everybody's hand is against you. And then verse 7 and 8. Then David said to Abiyathar the priest, Abimelech, Ahimelech's son, please bring the effort here to me. And Abiathar brought the effort. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered them. David is asking. God is speaking. Now this is revelation. Pursue. For you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. So what changed his life? Revolution. The revelation. He just got a revelation. And you know what verse 18 and 19 says? He followed. You got a revelation. Now you have to follow that revelation. 18 and 19 will say, David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. Nothing of theirs was lacking. Either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. And David recovered all. Revelation worked out. And after that, he's again walking in wisdom and understanding. You need all that wisdom and understanding. You're not revel- only one revelation. No, God says you have knowledge, you have wisdom, you need understanding how to deal with it. When he's going back, the 400 were earlier, 200 are sitting with the baggage. The 400 say, don't give them. He says, No. Share. Then he takes from the plunder, sends the gifts to all of Judah. So, three days later, they will know Saul is dead, and Judah will come. How did he do? He used his wisdom, understanding, to please. Okay? That's what God is talking about. The people in this world are very wise. Ramadan, unjust steward? He says he was very smart. What did he do his wealth for? He made it for a, he was putting it away for a rainy day. How much do you owe my master? Ten thousand here. 1,000. So I made you a profit of 9,000, okay? Remember, when I'm in bad times, God says, I give you earthly wealth. Do you use that? Use that so that you have favor? David has wisdom, understanding, but what made the difference? What made the difference was revelation. So we are in these last days. Absolute last of last days battle and the devil will throw everything that we have, he has against the church. The church has to learn from the beginning till today, wisdom and understanding knowledge is not enough. Personally, in your personal lives and corporate lives, whichever way you want to look, it's not enough. We need revelation. To keep one step ahead of the enemy, you need revelation. The devil had thought he had finished David. He had no clue God was just going to start with him. No? See Peter on the day of Pentecost. Okay? It's the day of Pentecost. What happens first? Things are okay? Internet is on. Okay, that's a secret we will not tell out loud. Hmm? Okay. Look at the day of Pentecost, okay? The Holy Spirit comes, and Peter stands up to the crowd. And look at Acts chapter 2, verse 14 to 16. Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice, said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now wait a second, he's standing over there. A simple guy. A simple guy. Now, he's going to speak. What is he going to speak? It's actually a revelation. How did he know this is what Joel had spoken 600, 700 years ago? How did he know? By revelation. How did he connect that to this? <laughs> this doesn't fit in with any contextual preaching. This is revelation. No, context of preaching is very good. There's wisdom, there's knowledge, but there's no cutting edge. One of the reasons those mainline churches which are godly people are failing because they have no cutting edge. And the interpretation of the last days is always connected to one particular diagram which their Grandfather gave them. And when world events changes, they have no clue how to fit it in because there is no revelation. It is with knowledge and understanding, but there is a limit to that. What takes you across the line is revelation. And Peter, when standing up on the first day of the beginning of the church, he's operating on revelation. This is what Joel said immediately. And what did Joel say? 18 and 19, if I'm right. Yeah, chapter 2. 17 onwards, yeah. This is what's spoken. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says the Lord, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall. That is a revelatory gift. Your young men shall see. That is a revelatory gift. Your old men shall dream. That is a revelatory gift. Now on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall. That's what he's talking about. Now the problem is when you talk about prophesy, don't go and become a prophet. That's not what, this is where the danger comes. Immediately people thinks about ministry without thinking about personal life. When God is saying is that, you know, I'll pour out my spirit upon you. Will you believe in the gift of revelation? I will tell you. I will tell you. The, the sanctification is a process to receive revelation. Sanctification is not an end in itself. Sanctification brings revelatory gifts into focus. It makes it very easy to receive it. So get this very, very clear, because of so much confusion in the church, you know, and pressure upon a few people would immediately go away. You know, because the other person is also confused. Because, you know, uh, Appu comes to me and says, Pastor, would you tell me what to do? Now, what am I, she's actually asking is that, let's say she's been in the Lord for 10 years. She's asking me to dream her dream. Vision, her vision. When God says, that's my daughter, this is my son, I can speak to you exactly the way I speak to him. Now, I tell her, but there is always doubt. Because she didn't receive it. She received through a second person. Okay. The conviction is not the same. When I dream a dream about myself, And when I hear somebody else say that I dreamt about you, the conviction is not the same. It's not the same. Conviction is not the same. And this was the order in the church. And we lost it. You know what we lost it? Because we made the Holy Spirit just into a doctrine and not into a person. Everything mentioned here is connected with revelatory gifts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 to 4, this is what Paul is trying to tell the church in Corinth. Just have order. Pursue love. Just have spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. It's talking about a revelatory gift. For he who speaks in tongue does not speak to men but to God, but no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. He who prophesies edifies the church. In that word prophesy, there are two. There is preaching. But it has to be also revelatory preaching. Mm -hmm. Preaching without revelation. See, this is the difference between Solomon and David. Solomon was a man of wisdom. David was a man of revelation. Mm -hmm. And all the prophecies of Jesus Christ, we don't get it from Solomon, we get it from David. Get it from David. Because Solomon, David, Solomon was wiser than his father. His father was smarter than his son. When he tames his spiritual things. Not in the worldly sense. Everything he got. He just had to go and build. Everything was run by the father. Therefore God said, you will not build. So he said, okay, everything else I will do. You didn't say, I can't do the rest. Okay. So, get this very, very clear. This is how the church dealt. This is how individuals also need to deal. In life. Don't discount it. Ask for it. Ask, Lord, give me the spirit of wisdom and I need, you need both. You need both. We'll come to that later if time permits. Look at the issues God dealt with. Okay? There are certain issues that can be dealt with wisdom alone. There was an issue in the church as Greeks and Jewish widows were increasing. Okay, Because the gospel is preached to the poor. The poor are all coming and there are orphans and widows and the church is feeding them. There's a little issue about distribution. So they, did, they didn't go to God. They said, okay, pick seven people and let them handle it. It's, a, it's a something that can be done with a good heart and wisdom. That's all. You don't need uh, to go on 40 days fasting, By then the widows will die. You know, You don't need all that. Huh? You just use simple wisdom and knowledge which God has given us. But then there was another issue. That started hitting the church very, very badly. You see that in fifteen, Acts chapter 15, 1 to 3. We had looked at it a few weeks, few months back. Okay. Acts. Certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. So being, they went, okay. So they went on the way, and then on the way they ministered everywhere. There was a choice. They ministered everybody. But there is a major issue. Do you need to be circumcised or not? Jews have come in. They were circumcised. Gentiles have come in. Okay. We know how it was resolved. It is there in 24 to 29. Okay. Verse 24 to 29 of Acts 15. It was resolved. Since we have heard, Some of who went from us have troubled you with words, unsettling your soul, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment. It seemed good to us, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men to you, with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who will also report the same things by word of mouth. For it seems good to the Holy Spirit, okay? And to us, to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that you abstain from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, from sexual immorality. If you keep yourself from this, you will do well. So they gave a simple guidelines what to follow. No need to get circumcised. Okay. So this, they are using the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding. The Holy Spirit is giving them now. But the key part is this. It is All absolutely made sure to them, because one person in that group got a revelation. That is what buttresses the argument in 15, verse 13 to 18. James, the head of the church there, let's say pastor, after they had become silent, James answered, saying, men and brethren, listen to me. Simon has declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And with these words of the prophets agree, just as it is written. After this, I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins. I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. Even all the Gentiles who are called by my name. So the Lord who does all these things, known to God from eternity, are all his works. How did they confirm? How did they know? It was a revelation from a prophet if the revelation had come they would have never connected it they would have never connected this is said by Amos right said by the prophet Amos and Amos when he said it also he had no clue what he was saying he had said it 600 years earlier for James to get the revelation 600 years later but what if James did not believe in the gift of revelation and all of them did and immediately all of them knew he was right Because it is being confirmed in their spirits by the Holy Spirit. That's it. Gentiles, this is part of God's plan always. They don't need to be circumcised. I'm rebuilding the tabernacle of David. It will be a place of praise. It will be a place of prayer. It's a place of proclamation. No sacrifices. It will be a sacrifice of prayer, a sacrifice of praise, and a sacrifice of proclaiming the king and the kingdom. It will not be the old covenant temple. No. So we must desire. That is why the way is sanctification. The cleaner the vessel, the more easy it is for God to reveal. Is to reveal. Yeah, revelation is actually, like Paul will say, now we see dimly through the glass. Right? On that side, construction was going on. Can you see anything through this glass? Look at the cement on it. Hmm? Those guys put all the cement. Can you see anything through this glass? Nothing. But what if all the cement was scraped and it was like crystal clear glass? You can see on the other side. And our soul is like that. The cleaner it becomes, the easier it is to receive. But you must believe that if I look, he will see what you have, a very clean, sanctified soul, but you don't believe in revelation. Holy Spirit will not move. He won't give it to you. He will not be pushed into anything. Because in your own free will, you have chosen to deny a gift of the Holy Spirit. Because you said, gifts have ceased. Now we have the, the written word. The written word will give you understanding and wisdom and knowledge. It doesn't give you a revelation. not give you revelation. And Paul says this is what you need to pray for. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. This is literally can be the difference between life and death, like David. Between depression and excitement. Look at Second Timothy chapter four, six to seven. I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time for my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. And verse eight, have I? No, you know what this is? This is a revelation. This is a revelation. He's lying in chains. He's lying in prison, and he's no church has turned away. And you can be absolutely miserable and depressed and start pulling your hair apart by saying, what did I do with my life? What's a failure of my ministry. On the other hand, he's excited because God says, I've accepted your sacrifice. You have run well, my son. You can see your crown. It's a difference between depression and excitement. And he's excited because there is revelation. This is not wisdom. This is not knowledge. This is revelation. He also knows his time is running out and he has run well and his gift is waiting for him there. Okay. And this is, you will see they all operated on it. Look at 2 Peter chapter 1, 12 to 15. Even the reason to write the second letter, 2 Peter chapter 2, for this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things so you know are established in the present truth. What is the reason? What made him quickly write this letter? Yes, I think it is right as long as I am in this tent to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. What caused him a hurry to write this epistle? Because you know time is up. Sometimes we delay writing so many things. But what if you know you are going to die tomorrow and you need to write something which you have put off? Let's say will. Okay, will. Yesterday also I also had a call from somebody saying, please pray because Terence died without leaving a will. Why didn't they leave a will? Because they had no revelation they were going to die. My father died without leaving a will. Why? Because he had no revelation he was going to die. I mean, by the time he had a revelation he was going to die, meaning a physical revelation in the ICU, it was too late to write anything. Because you're not in a position to write anything. Okay. Sometimes it's important to know, have a revelation of your end, so that you have only this much time left. You know, in our, all our examinations, where we were supervisors or we were students, exams, if starts at 9 and finishes at 12. 11.50, there is a bell. Bell that, some people will tear their heads, other person will start reading the answers back again when I got ten minutes. okay, tie up your papers, everything all that you know, you know ten minutes, just ten minutes, okay that is what was called a warning bell, okay, a warning bell okay, so that's what Bible is talking about. Hmm? this is all revelation. With wisdom and knowledge, you don't know. Medical knowledge, you can understand how long you will live approximately. <laughs> but there's no guarantee. Because if you're a very healthy person, you will never know. But even if you're a very healthy person, God can take you tomorrow. The rich man had no clue at all. I think he was very healthy. Very healthy. And God said, fool, I'm giving you a revelation. You're dying and you're going to hell. <laughs> and so In everything in life, in everything in life, in your life actually, you know, revelation matters. You have, we have Israel, we have history, because one man heard from God, move, move. And there was a revelation, and he got stuck because he did not fully obey the revelation. You know, so you will see this revelatory gift is there, through it all it is there. It is there, and we have to believe. If we turn to Revelation chapter one, so uh, chapter one and verses ten to eleven. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. I heard behind me a loud voice, as of a trumpet, saying. Now, what is this voice? It's revelation. It's not a physical voice. He was worshiping. He never expected to hear that voice. He was worshipping as the Lord, poor Tom uh, John must have gone to some corner of that deserted island not to disturb anybody. You are free, but you are all slaves in this rocky little island. And he must have been worshipping and worshipping and worshipping. And then suddenly in the middle of the worship, he heard this loud voice like a trumpet. I am. Revelation began and we have the book of Revelation didn 't come he had all the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding possible from learning, ministering, walking with Jesus, but this was revelation. this was revelation, like I said, why this is so important is because we are being assaulted day and night by ideas wrapped nicely in gold and silver wrapping paper. Mm they sound and feel so good that even the wisest can get fooled. Deception, remember, is the devil's number one weapon. And remember, when the devil deceives, devil deceives, he's very good at it. He can make it 99.99% true. But that 0.1% that keeps it from you can be a killer. So wisdom alone will not cause us to survive in these last days. We need direct intervention by the Spirit of God. Okay, Like people say, baptize me, the Holy Spirit, Lord, I want power. But they don't have discernment to ask for the baptism of fire. So they run for a season with power and they peter off, like Samson, because they didn't ask for fire. If you want to put it in pictorial terms, Daniel began with fire and ended with power. He didn't ask for power, he asked for fire, sanctification. cleanse me, cleanse me, cleanse me until 12 you have seen the power of God flowing through you you could stand before kings without blinking without blinking the power of God is manifested through this old man please understand go into a cave full of lions not afraid okay so get these things because we are living in the last of the last days and the rock that was not cut of human hands is coming and deception can be tackled only by both wisdom and revelation of the knowledge Him. You need the knowledge of Him. That's your real wisdom. Not the wisdom of the world. Wisdom of the world. I'll tell you. Simple thing. Using as an illustration. Uh, when people come for counseling. They'll come for counseling. You have wisdom, you have understanding, you have experience. Sometimes that is not enough. Because people will talk about everything except the real issue. It's just a nice cover. And sometimes you will suddenly realize through revelation, you know that's not the issue. This is not the issue. issue is something else. Okay. Then when you tell them, they'll ask, How did you know? I said, I don't know how I know, but I know. This is the issue. And until you tackle with this, that, nothing is going to change. But if you tackle that, all this can be solved. Okay, imagine Dr. Richard. Okay. He's got a case that comes before it and looks at all the symptoms, not sure, radiology, pathology, MRI, everything still. You know, you have you know you you cannot do all this, and the doctor still cannot figure out what's the problem. I have no cases like that. They have every report possible and they still say, we don't know what's wrong with you. But on the other hand, the Holy Spirit tells him, this is your problem. This is your problem. Okay? And sometimes what the Holy Spirit shows may have nothing to do with the body. Nothing to do with the body. (laughs) We you know so many cases like that. All kinds of trouble happening, everything happening. And then suddenly you say, wait a second. This is what the Spirit of God says. There's something in your house which you got from one of your tourist trips. which is oriental or African in nature. It is the open door in your house which is creating all the trouble because it is the entry point for demons. Is it true? I told it to. You not. Know, thing is happening in my house i said the first thing when i walked into your house i saw that laughing Buddha with the coin and this thing nothing is going to happen in your house i said that i you call me the first thing the lord showed me that that's it somebody else also i told say that to that person your business is not going to change because you say you're a christian but when you walk into your business what you have is an idol you're doing it for your employees but who's the boss? Nothing's going to happen. That's the entry point. Take it out. If you claim to be a Christian, take it out. Things. <laughs> sometimes you don't realize, and sometimes we'll say, "I'm doing everything. I attend church. I everything. This thing." Oh, I mean, this is not to hurt people, but wisdom, knowledge, understanding, prayer will only take you this far. After that, that has to intervene. He had wisdom. He had knowledge. He prayed. He fasted. What if God doesn't speak? He did everything. His wisdom got, knowledge is there, understanding is there, prayer is there, fasting is there, God doesn't reveal. Head is gone. Sometimes you have to tell and it may hurt the person. The cases. Pastor, I do. I, I, I left my Catholic church. I read the word. I go to this church. I pray. I do. I fast and everything. And I said, but still nothing seems to be changing. And then suddenly you feel something inside and you tell them, do you still do the rosary? Yes. Get rid of it and stop it. That's the block. The block is in your hands itself. Get rid of it. And suddenly they will realize, Oh, how can I have done it all my life? That's where the block lies. But the Holy Spirit will only tell you these things when you are ready to receive it. What's the point in revealing something to somebody who will not... Holy Spirit will not waste words. Revelation is also connected with surrender. No. Why didn't the Holy Spirit send David Nathan to David early? Because he was not ready. <laughs> if only he had sent Nathan earlier, how much damage could have been? No. Prophet is coming and telling David, you should need to you need to go to war because the revelation I get is that if you sit at home, this is going to happen. I why not tell But that for you have wisdom and knowledge. Do it. Live by your wisdom. Everybody. The problem is we go to the other extreme. We will only live by revelation. Just now. <laughs> we are supposed to live by wisdom and knowledge. I have given to you how to live. Deception of the devil can be tackled only by wisdom and revelation. Are you getting it? Both. You see, the devil tried everything. He hired Balaam to curse. does not work. did all the junk with the children of Israel, but he still couldn't stop because another generation was rising on fire for God. They crossed the river Jordan. Jericho is down. He tried to create a mess with Akan, but they dealt with it drastically. He's trying all kinds of things with individuals he can. But you know how he set them up? He set them up. God is giving them supernatural victories if you look at that. Over forces who are trained soldiers. A little later he will he will stop the sun and the moon. Throw hailstones from heaven. He will I mean God will go to any extent to see that we have victory. But in Joshua chapter nine. Verses 9 to 13. Okay, this is a set of people who come, pretending they have come from far away. They already know they are going to lose if they fight. So they come. So they said to him, From a very far country your servants have come because of the name of the Lord your God. For we have heard of his fame and all that he did in Egypt. And all that he did to the two kings of Amorites who were they gave him an entirely great testimony of God. Therefore, our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spoke to us saying, take provisions with you for the journey. Go to meet them. Say to them, we are your servants. Now, therefore, make a covenant with us. The bread of ours we took hot for our provision from houses on the day we departed to come to you. But now look, it is dry and moldy. And these wineskins which we filled were new. Now see, they are torn. And these are our garments, our sandals have become old because of our very long journey. Yeah. What does Scripture say? Then the men of Israel took some of their provisions, but they uh, did not ask counsel of the Lord. They used their wisdom and understanding and looked at it. So yeah, clothes look old, and let's look at worn out. And look at the bread; it's hard and moldy. Wine skins are all broken. Yeah, he seems to have come from a very long way. You know what? Let's make a deal with them. We'll make and covenant with you, they did not ask the counsel of the Lord. You know how many centuries this will trap them. Saul will lose all his sons because of this, and Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them. You know, God is not going to push revelation on us unless we ask of Him. God should have said, Joshua, 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 Joshua stop! You're being set up. No, it's my job to ask. God is God has not been I made a mistake, but God will work through that all in history also and his purposes will continue. But remember God has given us a free will to choose. We have wisdom, we have understanding, and we still will go to God and say, Lord, there is something here, but Lord, with our eyes we see everything looks kosher. But we need to ask of you. So we need to understand and ask these things because we are battling our mind. Mind. And sometimes we have so closely assimilated with our thinking. Certain good things, which looks good, it's part of our thinking. And we think it is part of Christ's mind. And we will not know unless God reveals. That David actually, with the incident after Bershava and everything is calm and peaceful, actually starts thinking he's a righteous man. That's why God uses Nathan to set up a trap with a parable about righteousness. You know, that's how, you know, you sinned. The object of your sin is gone you married the wife. Things are all calm. Everybody's happy. For the nation is prospering. You're succeeding. Everything's well. Nobody's talking about it. She's happy. Everything is going on well. And after some time, you will think that, okay, I did something wrong. I made amends. All is okay. You actually start thinking you're righteous. So when you think you're righteous, God is not going to send a revelation. You are a sinner. It traps him with his righteousness. Traps him in his righteousness. Okay. Self-righteousness pops up. Okay. So we have to look into our minds and our heads. Okay, as I close, I'll give you a simple example. Simple example. No. Like I said, the demonization of the mind is more dangerous than the demonization of the body, and we don't even realize the demonization. Like the thesis I was supposed to to do for my PhD, part of the work which I did and all the books I collected and read and papers everything, the title of that, my thesis, I don't know whether somebody took the title because I never did it, was From the Secular to the Sacred, a reading of. The C.S. Lewis uh, Narnia books, the uh, no? Narnia Chronicles of Narnia, secular to the sacred. And we do not realize, I'm telling you honestly, most believing Christians are secular in their thinking. Secular in their thinking. Very secular in their thinking. Well, in the kingdom of God, or in the spiritual realm, there is no space called secular and sacred. In the kingdom of God, everything is sacred. It's not Sunday is a sacred day, and Monday to Saturday or Monday to Friday is very secular for Christians. That's how they live, and that's how they think, that's how they live that way. And we don't realize because secular today actually means good. The original meaning of the founders of the American Constitution, for them, if they were to use the word secular, does not mean freedom from religion. It meant freedom for religion. We have turned it and we say it's a secular space. When we think about a secular space, that is the argument or misreading of the original intent by which they took prayer out of school, Bible out of school, public all displays of religion out because they think secular means freedom from religion. Secular does not actually mean that. There is no something called secular in the kingdom of God. When Daniel was brought as a teenage boy, he didn't think secular. think secular. You know why? Because he was a new covenant boy in the old covenant. He knew his body was the temple of God. It is sacred. The body is sacred. The mind is also. Why did it become sacred? Because the Spirit of God came. We do not realize how secular we are. As we, that's why we misread. We, we live in this one-dimensional world most of the time and forget it is a multi-dimensional world, the spiritual powers of enemy and God. Because that's why we misread Matthew 6.11. Because this day of daily bread, and we'll always think only about daily bread. Has bread, has bread. It's not a secular statement. It's a very sacred statement. In Matthew 5.35 and verse 58. Sorry, not Matthew. John 5.35 and 58. Not Matthew, sorry. John. 6.66. Six, 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 six. I'm so sorry. 6. 6.35 and 58. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. Who believes in me shall never thirst. Give me my daily bread. daily bread. So that I will not hunger or thirst. I am satisfied in you. Whatever situation. You know why Paul is able to say, I abound in the prison? Why is he able to say, Rejoice in the Lord and again I say rejoice? He's in chains. You know why? Because he had his daily bread. He's neither hungry nor thirsty. Though he must be starving. may not have a shower for the past three months. Sitting, they say, in a sewage. But he's full. Verse 58. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. No? No? We live in this single dimensional world. And we forget, this is not what he meant by give me this day our daily bread. He is our bread. The simple thing is, you know what it means actually? Give me this daily bread in relation to what we are talking about. How much do we allow Jesus, the life of Jesus to permeate into our daily lives? Is there secular space then? It's only sacred space. Secular Secularism for a child of God doesn't apply. Wherever he goes, whatever situation he is in, he is in sacred space because he is the temple. The Spirit of God lives in him and when he goes to his workplace, that's what he is. He works cheerfully, he works hard, but he works for the king and the kingdom. So he knows how he will work. He's always putting the interest of the kingdom first. That's what Daniel did. That's what Joseph did. They're all in secular spaces, but they're sacred people. In Forty-first palace, there's one man who's sacred. And wherever he goes, the kingdom follows. (laughs) Because scripture says the Lord is with him. That means the kingdom is going with him. They throw him into prison. The king goes into prison with him. I know? Daniel's three friends are thrown into the fire. The king goes into the fire because they considered... I am sacred. I am sacred. I am the temple. There is no secular space. They could have made, okay, the king is there, the king is, you know how they split between the sacred and the secular. Those are new believers. And they have to grow. That's They are like Naman. Please give me some earth. You know, when I go back, I will worship. But when I go with the king to the temple, the king will bow and I will have to bow with him. But it's okay. That's a new believer. Thank God for it. At least he decided. I want to worship. I will have an earth from Israel and worship. He's a new believer. But from there you have to go to the other. No, I will not bow. I cannot bow to this. I cannot bow to this idea. Because you're going to face pressure when all the IT companies, rainbow lobbies and all kind of lobbies are there and they will push you and force you to be part of different things. And he says, you have any issues with my work? No. Then leave my ideas to myself. My mind is mine, not yours. When I sign in here at 8 in the morning and leave at 5 in the evening, what you ask me to do, the work, I will do it. That work. But when you ask me to believe in a particular way, which is against what I believe, I'm sorry, my mind is not for sale. Mind is not for sale. And these ideas permeate. And you will realize a lot of Christians are secular. And that's what you're seeing happening on the streets of the U.S. Why isn't that huge majority of so-called believing Christians not out on the streets saying that this cannot happen? Our church, our land will not be taken away by anarchists. Why? Because they're all secular. They're not Christians. They're secular. Think about it. There are at least 60 to 70 to 18 million Bible-going believers. What if they come on the streets? When they saw this crowd, it's basically 2,000 people. You know with 5,000 people or 10,000 people, how our streets will look? You guys were not all Chinna Papas. Do you remember NTR when he brought this whole state to standstill? I still remember I was in Hyderabad in the 90s. When he called for the people to come out, it was like every street was yellow. They just came and they filled and the government fell. Can't do anything. That's how communism fell. The people came out on the streets. Finally, there was nothing anybody you can do. When the streets are full, and you don't even have to raise a hand. Just stand there. Everything will cease. And that's what Americans can do if they want. Come out, stand in the streets and say, this will not happen to my land. This is a land under God. And it belongs to God. We will not take allow anarchists to take over. That's all they have to do. Do you know why they don't do it? Because they are secular. Sundays they will all go to church. And fill the churches. Monday to Saturday, they are secular. You know where they lost? Here. In the mind. This is how it happens. That is why we need, Lord, Lord, show me, show me, show me, show me, Lord, show me, lead me, Lord. Where are these areas where I have divided my mind into compartments? Unless you show it, I will not know. I will not know. So we have to ask. This is an is area of we are growing. We are growing. So as we close, we'll continue. Ramba where we began? The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to set the captives free. This is Jesus about whom he said in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word is God. And became the Word became flesh and dwelt with us. But that Word, when He dwelt with us, never did anything which the Spirit didn't reveal Him. His entire life was determined by the Spirit. That was His cutting edge. It was the Holy Spirit. He gave the Holy Spirit the Word. He had wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and He had revelation. He gave the Holy Spirit that place. He had the Spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's what we are looking at—the sword of the spirit. That's when the word becomes powerful. Right? Pray in the spirit hmm? with the high praises of our God in our mouth, and the sword in our—what is that? It's the spirit anointed praise. That is what changed Phil, the prison in Philippi, not just praise. It's the spirit that came over. So you look at any man. In the old or new covenant where revelation is involved you will see that transform their lives if God hadn't intervened and given a revelation Gideon would have been threshing wheat in a wine press all his life right But he became the mighty warrior of God because of revelation. Now, when I'm talking about it, please, like I said, we are talking about personal revelation and not corporate. Don't run into it, corporate. That is why the importance of sanctification, last words for today, Hebrews chapter 8, 10 to 12. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I'll put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least of them to the greater. What does it mean to know the Lord? (laughs) It means you will not need another to lead you. You will be all led by my spirit because you will hear, you will know. That is what to know God, no knowing God is revelation no. that is a new covenant. it can be through any way dream, vision, prophecy, no spirit speaking to you in your still small voice, whichever way the spirit will lead you no. okay, and verse twelve. It's connected with that. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, the sins, and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. What is talking about? The sanctification leads to revelation. That's the worst twelve is connected with sanctification. You cry out, I'll clean you, I'll clean you, clean you, clean you, clean you, clean you, clean you and you will all know me. <coughs> the last two lines I wrote for today. Wisdom without revelation will give you a good Holy life, but you will not be useful for the master. Revelation without wisdom, you will be open to deception. A lot of people in the Bible who were deceived were wise people. With knowledge and understanding of God and were deceived. Simply because they didn't ask of the Lord. They thought their wisdom and understanding is enough. They didn't know they were dealing with a guy who's got thousands of years of experience of deceiving the best of men. We have an entire nations of Ishmaelites because the man of God did not ask of God. Just think about it. Sarah comes and says, come on this thing. Okay, okay, Sarah, I like your counsel, but let me go to my prayer closet. Lord, this is what I hear. What do you say? God would have said, no way, Hosea. That's not my plan. Wait. History would have been different. (laughs) What did he do? He appropriated the culture and the wisdom and the understanding of that culture and got set up by that. Though he left the wisdom of the Arab of the Chaldeans, he took the wisdom of the canonized, and created something, and God had to cover it and bless it and make it because it's there. Okay, so please get this very, very clearly. We began our church. You know how many years we prayed. If you go to the old messages and all, you will see we all those prayers of before the word begin. Lord, give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we might you know you. Open the eyes of my understanding. Okay. And all, that entire prayer is revelatory. Revelatory. And you will realize the word of God works on revelation. Works on revelation. And in the last days, we need it more, especially because the YouTube is full of people. One set will say, this is the last day, the mark of the beast is coming. Another set will say, pandemic will go in 30 days. Third one will say, never take a vaccine. Fourth one is saying God has ordained vaccine. Who will you believe? <laughs> Who will you believe? Ultimately, each man has to hear from God. Let us say vaccines are coming and vaccines as mandatory and five vaccines. Vaccines are in the market and you hear from God. Take only this vaccine. Avoid the other four. Other four. Are dangerous for you, take that one. You have to hear it, whatever nation you are in. Because you have to look at the long term. If, if I don't take a vaccine, what are they going to do to me? This is definitely, it's not a mark of the beast, but looks like it is not. But if I don't take a mark, everything will stop. I cannot buy, I cannot go here, I cannot travel, they may say. That is mandatory. If you don't have a, you're a health hazard. So you need to hear from God. Because you can't say a vaccine is a mark of the beast. Unless they sell the Ampricable has 666, (laughs) they're not going to do. So all these things we have to hear. Because this mark of the beast and the Antichrist has been running around for 2000 years with every generation. Those who lived under particular Caesars thought he was the Antichrist and he did many of the things which the Antichrist was supposed to do, including sitting in the temple and bringing pig blood and the, all of those things they did. But then, was he? No. So how do you know? And how will you be confirmed? Not because your pastor tells so, because you hear so. Even if your pastor or an anointed most anointed person in the world you who you believe tells also you will still have a doubt. It's your life. It's your soul. And God says, every man will know me. No one will have to go to his neighbor and say, teach me. I will know you. Because everyone's father is the same. He's a father. That's why Jesus addresses, teaches, a father. And the father will reveal it to his children. No. Anybody could have become like Joseph if they were interested to know Jacob's heart. Ten were not interested, one was so he found the purposes of God. So you can't blame the father, you have to blame the children. Okay? The father is the same, unlike Jacob. He loves everybody. But how many will go to him and say, Father, teach me, show me, show me, Lord, show me, show me, show me me where I err, show me Lord. I want to walk in this. Not that I want a gift so that I can go and then show I am in the ministry. No, Lord, this is for me. I will not even open my mouth before anybody unless you let me. But I want it for my own life so that I can be a useful vessel, a vessel of honor in your house. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. You have given us your spirit. That's the one that makes all the difference, Lord. So I pray as we grow in wisdom and knowledge, we'll also grow in the spirit of revelation. Without wisdom and knowledge, we will go into deception. Without the spirit, we will not be useful in the Father's house. We need it all. And you're willing to give it all, even to the youngest child who is listening today. I pray they will grow in everything, all of us. So once again, we pray as we prayed in the beginning for years. Give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's the safety. That's the safety, Lord. Because the rock that is un- uncut rock, that is not cut with hands, is coming. And ultimately, it will crush all these systems and their ideas and their philosophies. It says it is blown away not to be seen anymore. And the rock filled up everything. The kingdom of God will become the kingdom of all men. And the knowledge of God will fill the earth. There will be no other knowledge. Every knowledge will be saturated with the knowledge of God. And we want to seek it and find it now as much as we can in this life. So when that kingdom is manifested, we fit in perfectly into that kingdom. Because that's what you ask us to seek. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. So we reoriented, recalibrate ourselves once again, O oh Lord. Let our spirit, soul, and our body be in one line with the King and His kingdom. To that purpose, we surrender ourselves. Thank you, Father. Thank you. For in Jesus name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.